0: Welcome to Peaking to Success, the podcast that delves deep into our guest success stories. The highs, the lows, the lessons learnt, and if there's any exciting future plans lined up. Talking about future plans, Peaking into Success is proudly supported by Peak Wills and Estate Planning. We're here to support you with any future planning. Long gone are the times of solicitors in suits and ties and dark rooms and outdated practices. We are proud to offer a fresh and dynamic approach to the stuffy old world of wills, changing the way we talk about what happens when we die. But... That's enough talk about death on a podcast introduction. It's time to pass you over to Peeking Into Success host, Mr Adam Kahn. Whose success are we peeking into this episode, Adam?
1: Thanks, Sam. Today we've got on a goalkeeper that has played for many clubs up and down the English leagues, such as Blackburn, Derby, Bristol City, as well as currently being at Stoke. We have on Frank Fielding.
2: Join me, Daisy Ray, on the Talk Poetry To Me podcast, where we dive into the hearts and minds of poets and spoken word artists, unveiling emotions, sharing stories and embracing the power of words. Tune in to discover the voices that paint our world with truth. Talk Poetry To Me. You can listen wherever you download your podcasts.
1: Hello, Frank. How are we today? I'm
0: absolutely good, Adam. How are you, bud?
1: Oh, I'm good, thank you. Um, For anyone that doesn't know you, which is hard to believe, of course, round my neck of the woods, depending on how old they are, how would you sum yourself up in a nutshell? Um,
0: What, as a person, as a player, as a...
1: Everything. Just Frank in a nutshell.
0: Um. I don't know I sound a bit cliche but I'm a dad a husband uh I'm f- just the football side of it is just a bit of like what I do really um but first and foremost for me it's just being a family man and and being a good husband and a and a brother and and that that's it really um I saw a podcast last week about talking about that and I think a lot of people just generally generalise it and just say that oh that's Frank feeling the football. and not really know the other aspects of it. Like yeah. we're just normal at the end of the day, aren't we? So,
1: well, um, that's one of my questions that I had laid down, but I'll bring it up now. Of course, with the football side, and of course you've had quite a lot of loan moves, and you've kind of if you looked at the map of England, you've been up and down, in the middle, everywhere. So, yeah. What effect does that have, kind of, on you? Firstly, as well as, of course, do you take the family with you, or do you kind of have one place where they stay and then you just commute, or how does that work for yeah, you? Yeah, no,
0: it's a good, it's a great question. That um, I've done, a, I've done a bit of everything, really. I've um, we all moved to Derby. It was just me and my wife at the time when we went to Derby. Uh, we all moved to Bristol. Um, before that, well, I jumped a bit there. Before that, obviously, I was just you know, a young kid at Blackburn trying to make his way in the game and um was just me in my car and off I went, you know what I
1: mean? Yeah, exactly.
0: Big up big change when you start finding that, that person um, who you want to be with or they want to be with you and you take, you know, starting at the, the root of the family, I suppose. Um, and then when I left Bristol, I didn't know what, where I was going to end up, um, that summer um, and we decided uh, you know two kids uh, later with me and my wife that we would um, eventually move home at some point but it just it all just came together and it was a natural uh, instinct and that was the summer that we all moved back together bought a house uh, up north where we're from and then I ended up in London for two years so um, I moved to London on my own and was two in and from him, uh, around that time in uh, yeah in London and stuff, so I could just get back when I can get back. So when your answer to your question is, I've just done a bit of everything, really.
1: No, that's fair enough. I just a lot of footballers do different things, so it's just interesting to see. Of course, because you mentioned the family so early on, as what makes you up, kind of what kind of your routine, what did you commute or that. So it's just interesting and it hum- humanizes you even more if that makes sense. It makes it look like you're not on a pedestal as a footballer, you actually have to think of these, like, everyday decisions of what's best for my family. So that's what I like to do. I like to humanise you.
0: No, no, it's nice. I think it's... Uh, I don't really get, you know, get a chance really to say that out loud. Um, and people listening probably get a better idea what, you know, like, what footballers actually have to go through and stuff. Well, I wouldn't change it for the world. I mean, you just have to adapt to it, don't you? Um, But when, you know, go to the start of your original question... Was that you know like every decision that you make when you start having kids and you're married and stuff is around the family and and obviously you know the football aspect comes into it because you know that at the end of the day that's what you do for a living, so yeah I've done a bit of everything, and you know all, all i 've tried to do is put the core of my um family at, at the forefront of my mind in every decision that i made
1: nice i think I think that's a nice way to kind of start and sum up who you are that you're a family man and you are the same as everyone else you've got your family you're putting them first and your career kind of they follow you if they can or you make it work with your career as well which is really nice
2: Well, no, um, I think it's important
0: you find the right person as well that to be, if you're going to spend the rest of your life with that person and then, then they have to understand it and I've just been very fortunate that my wife does
1: no that's that's great I mean of course with the whole Football inside, of course. Do they come to the games or do they kind of just watch from afar?
0: I think I think they used to. Uh, they were there every week, but the kids are a bit older now, and I've got two girls, and they're not really that interested in the football bit. Um, we hardly ever talk about football in the house, to be honest. Okay. Uh, but yeah, they're not that really that interested They do ask the odd question. Don't get me wrong, but um, no, they kind of just do their own thing at the weekend, and and. And, obviously, I do, you know. So, um, no, yeah, it's it's weird. It, it, it evolves, doesn't it? I suppose it just it's just, like, it's just natural. We just try to let everything be natural. and
1: No, that's not nice.
0: a weird uh, way of putting it. But, no, yeah, that's how we do it.
1: Fair enough. Um, linking back, of course, to the football, kind of, people have different pathways that they can get into the game. Kind of, how did you, kind of, get into... The footballing world and how did you kind of break through of course up north that you break through and kind of find your feet that way is of course you did quite a lot of loans early on yeah
0: well yeah um i think a lot of, a lot of it is down to luck meeting the right people at the right time um signed scholarship forms at 16 at blackburn my hometown club all i ever wanted to do was play for Blackburn. Um, had an absolute nightmare the first year as a scholar. Uh, never really played halfway through that season. Fortunately for me, um, Mark Hughes became the manager. He fixed his goalkeeping coach in Kevin Hitchcock and just formed a bond with him. He took a real shine to me. And then uh, the stuff, a lot of the stuff at the, at the early years was very much down to him. One-to-one training, mentoring, everything you can imagine I got through and the. Uh, I don't know if you will ever watch this, but no, I haven't really sports to him for a few years. But yeah, he was massively influential uh, at the start of my career. Because I think that's the most important bit now. If Any young footballer listening, like from 16 to like 21 now, like that's the, you, you, you don't know if you're going to be a footballer in that, in, that, in that era, in that period or whatever. And you need help along the way. You need a bit of luck. And um, I was fortunate that I got hitchy and got my long moves and, and got the games under my belt.
1: I mean, you kind of, (laughs) you went everywhere and anywhere, didn't you? You you were kind of bouncing right down to Wickham, all the way back up to Leeds, kind of, on your loans. Kind of, did you feel like all of them loans, of course, it was from over four, four to five year period. So did you kind of see them loans as kind of shaping you and you were learning off different people and different styles? Or did you feel like, oh, I want to be at a club and kind of define myself as number one
0: i think that obviously that that and part of your question that came when i went to derby on lawn um because yeah. i re- originally went to derby on lawn and absolutely got to that age and i thought that i could this could quite easily be my home and i would love it the, uh, i think everything happens for a reason it? i mean i went down to london uh, sorry not london wickham i went down to Wickham did what, you know, got them 40-odd games in and then went back up to Rochdale. And every experience that I've had at every club has led me to where I am now, I suppose. But um, them initial loans were really important. Uh, it held me in good stead for when I went to Derby. And But I just got to a point in my life where I wanted to stop travelling and, and be a number one somewhere, and Derby gave me that opportunity.
1: 100% I mean, you originally came in, you did... Was it two loan spells before actually signing permanently? Yes, yeah, so I did. The first yeah, one was Bywater. Wanted Bywater and Saldini were injured.
0: That's right. I did the two months uh, originally, and then I had to go back because Paul Robinson got injured at Blackburn, uh, and my loan was coming to an end. And Stevie was getting fit anyway, and it just it just happened like perfectly for either side, and and then they came back in for me. Did uh, Did Nigel the Gaffer came back in for me in? the February time, but I made a conscious decision in my mind that um, they wanted me to go back on loan again, but I said, well, if you want me to come back on loan, I'm happy to do that, but I want to sign permanently at the end of the season, and they were, you know, they wanted to do that as well, so it worked perfectly.
1: Perfect. So, of course, after Blackburn, of course, as you said, Derby was kind of your next permanent space Where of course, you made about 60 appearances for so, of course, what was that kind of time is, of course... Round then, you, were, you had a really good squad compared to where we are now and kind of you're building to try and get to the Premier League. So kind of what was it like being around the team and kind of what was the mentality like?
0: The mentality was unbelievable. Um, just literally, and obviously that shone through from the manager, uh, Nigel Clough, and it was just hard working, work hard, uh, love spending time with each other, with each other, sorry, um went out and had a drink uh you know at the right times obviously yeah. and we just had on i think we i think if you look at uh, them two and three seasons that i had uh, at derby i think we massively overachieved um compared to what you know competing in the budgets compared to the other teams in the championship at that point um and that was all down to the stuff on the pitch obviously and stuff off the pitch which yeah. just worked really well
1: i mean of course when when it was kind of the end of your time, of course, Lee Grant came in and did you feel like, oh, I needed to leave and the club kind of sold you on or was it kind of a, you thought, oh, I want to be your first choice so move to Bristol City?
0: Oh, good question. Um, a lot of stuff happened really around that time. Um, Got married that summer Um, and uh, I'd been sent off a couple of times that season and I had to think, I was still at a relatively young age and I think Nigel just wanted a cemented uh, a really good for, number one in league grand. I was think I was 25 around at that time and uh, Bristol City had just been relegated and literally got a call off my agent and said, Bristol City are interested in signing you. Uh, I think it suited financially for Derby and it was just uh, the right decision. Uh, although I didn't see it that quite like that at the time. I was a bit gutted, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but obviously I'd moved to the area... Uh, really liked it you know Missy's got a job in the area and we both really liked it and um, no but I mean it ended up being uh, a really good decision Yeah I mean mean,
1: of course you spent around six years at Bristol City of course it's your most appearances at a club as well so kind of when moving from Derby and being the number one and moving to Bristol City was it kind of you were coming in and I am the number one or was it like you had to fight for your place again, is of course with Derby. Of course, you came in because of injuries as number one. Was it the same at Bristol City or like, or was it fighting for your place kind of thing?
0: Yeah, not, not. I mean, you, um, if you look at my career and you've obviously looked at it in detail, I've had to fight for everything really. Yeah, um, and I always say that about people from Blackburn like, there's quite a lot of players that have come from Blackburn for such a small place, who've gone on and had loads, of, uh, have of great careers, you know, um, and they all have the same work ethic and I don't know, I think it's just the, the area breeds that into you. Um, but no, if you look, at, I mean, you've looked into my career and stuff and I've had to fight for everything and it's ups and downs, but I wouldn't have changed it for, for anything in the world.
1: No, and then of course, you've kind of, from there you've kind of moved on again and you kind of, Bitting and bobbing around now, it's a kind of a definite place where you kind of want to settle now is of course it's turning into like for a goalkeeper, you're still kind of in the prime era, aren't you? Because they can go until forty years old, some of them. So
0: no, yeah, I've got um I'm at Stoke City now and um and you know, I'm very much part of the squad there. I absolutely love it. Um and it's probably a bit of a different role than what I've got now. Is I'm more of a mentoring role now. I'm like the third keeper at Stoke, and I, I really enjoy it. Uh, that doesn't mean that I don't go in every day wanting to play. Um, I train as you know, as if I'm playing at the weekend. But um, no, I mean I, I had the initial period after Bristol at, at Millwall, and I was just threatened by injuries the whole time I was there. I uh, had three operations in eighteen months, and then I was just fighting fitness, and then I really just wanted to come home after that having been away for two years during a COVID period as well. Mm. Uh, and yeah, ended up uh, a six-month uh, period without a job. Uh, and again, just got my head down and and did my best and, and and went to Burnley actually to train at Burnley and keep fit in that initial period. They were unbelievable with me. Billy Mercer at Burnley invited me in and I was ended up, for two weeks, I ended up there being nearly five, nearly six months until Stoke um, acquired about me. So... Yeah, and then I mean I signed for Stork for two, three months, and then I've ended up being there eighteen months now. So um, no, I've really, uh, it's, it's, it's I don't know, it's a bit of a a unique career really in that in that sense. But I mean I'll 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 go on as long as I can. Like you say, uh, goalkeepers go to the forty or whatever. But I'll go on as long as my body will let me go on. But um, I still love it every day, and and uh, that hunger's never gone.
1: Do you feel like you've had to adapt your play style over the years to kind of, as you were, kind of getting older? Or have you kind of stayed the same with your goalkeeping approach since breaking through a Blackburn to now at Stoke?
0: Uh, I don't know. but It's a bit quick, like you've got experience now from that first game at Wickham at Bradford away to, I mean, I went on loan to Salford and played two games um, about a year ago, so... Um, i don't know it's just that i don't know it's it's hard to put into words really but i think it's just that experience that you've had uh and that's why i'm pretty interested in the uh, coaching aspect of it when i do finish mm. um especially goalkeeping coaching um and i think that i could you know help mentor and and produce some good young goalkeepers coming through with with my added experience of helping them
1: nice um of course, I want to touch on your international kind of career <laughs> as well. Um, so, of course, how was kind of the England set up? And of course, you trained with the first team as well, didn't you, in 2010? So kind of how was uh, that and kind of what's the difference from at the time you were at Derby, weren't you, to kind of yeah. the, the Derby set up and the Derby training compared to like the England camp?
0: Um, It was a bit different, really, because obviously... Uh, we had an italian manager then in fabio capello but i actually sat on the bench against wales i played for um the under 21s on a monday night and then they had a couple of injuries and ended up sitting on the bench against wales for, for the senior team on the tuesday i went straight from that game to that to that game uh, hotel to hotel uh sat on that uh, sat on the bench against wales that night and then uh the next international break, I got called up, which was the la- that was the last international break of that season, and then the first international break of the next season where I would signed permanently for Derby, and I was playing for Derby week in week out. I actually got called up again, um, although I didn't get to, to sit on the bench, but I was away for ten days with the England squad. Yeah, so it was two times I ended up getting selected for England, which is obviously an honour, and it's a bit like oh, this question always comes up.
1: <laughs> what what's. Differences then um, with the training compared to club level to international level, in your opinion?
0: Um, I always think as a footballer, at some point you find your level, don't you? So, especially when you get to over that 25 year uh, uh, mark in your life, I always think that you'll find your level, but I don't really know what to say. Like, the training was just outstanding. Who,
1: just, who were the other goalkeepers at the time? Was it Joe Hart and
0: Joe Hart, yeah. Uh, it was David Stockdale. Okay. So, uh, yeah, they're just incredible. It was incredible to work with them, and um, Joe Hart was definitely in his in his prime then, you know what I mean? So, like, that he's not now, he's had a great career. He's doing amazing at Cell, Hill, but, um, yeah, it was, it was good to watch live, you know what I mean, and, and, and learn.
1: A hundred percent, and, I mean, they'll help you develop on, of course, throughout your career, surely. Um We've kind of gone through a whistle-stop tour of your career there. Um, yes, yeah, sorry. But, <laughs> no, that's good. Um, but, of course, what would you see as kind of your career high or your biggest achievement so far in the game?
0: Uh, a bit boring, really, but um, I just wanted to play football. I just wanted to play in front of a crowd. Um, yes. And that first game for Wickham, we won 1-0. I had a trial on the pitch before the game. Um, because they had two injuries during the week and I think the last injury they had was Thursday and then they didn't have a goalkeeper for Saturday. So they got me and another big lad from Bolton called Kazmier- uh, uh We both met in the hotel on the Friday and we both had a trial on the pitch at Bradford away and the goalkeeper coach went go with me uh, to the manager which was Paul Lambert and fortunately it just worked out and ended up playing every game during that season, mm-hmm. nearly. I, I had a brief spell out because my father passed away. But, um, yeah, when I was, when I was available from that initial period around Christmas, then I had a full season there, which was amazing. I just wanted to play in front of a crowd. And that day just cemented it.
1: So you said, of course, playing in front of a crowd. How was it with the COVID era then, of course, and not being able to play in front of a crowd?
0: Uh, that was weird, because really, I, obviously I was on the bench for Millwall in that initial period. Uh, when I came back from my injuries, and it was just surreal, really, It was a bit eerie and weird.
1: Was it like a training? Did it feel more like a training session compared to an actual game?
0: Initially, when it first happened, yeah, but after a few weeks, it it settled down, and I, I suppose you just adapt and you get used to it. But initially, yeah, it was, it felt like training matches.
1: Um, of course, we've kind of focused on your high. Is there a defining moment that's different to the high that you feel, feel like it might have elevated you to the next level or a particular move or anything like that? I
0: don't know. I think... I, I don't want to go off the... Uh, I think I'm answering this question correctly, but people will probably like look at, back at me and they go, oh, Frank Feeling had all the potential as a kid, blah, 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 blah. And he never really fulfilled it, blah, 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 blah. And I just think, like if they actually know the story like i've had to absolutely fight for everything i think i've not overachieved because i think that sounds massively big-headed but i'm still 35 i'm still involved um i still love it i've, tr- I've give it everything you know what i mean there's nothing that i haven't you know every day i go in and train as if you know it's my last training session or whatever but um there's no particular law because I think the highs always outride the laws. So you always have that the highs in, in the forefront of your mind, but and I don't like dwelling on the laws. Um there's been plenty of laws, don't get me wrong. Um injuries and whatnot and being away from your family, but um yeah, I I don't really like talking about it, but no, I care. just I just feel like I'm being so lucky, you know. That's all that's how that's all I feel like.
1: No, perfect. Um of course, you mentioned briefly earlier when you were talking about kind of your role now, but what's kind of the plans for Frank Fielding going forward? So, of course, you mentioned the coaching. Is there any other ventures or anything you're kind of looking to dabble in as well as the coaching side?
0: I just feel like I've got loads to offer to be a goalie goalie coach. I've also done a degree in sporting directorship. Okay. I've just literally a master's in sporting directorship. I like the leadership aspect of it now. Um, so yeah I'm open to either of them roles really ideally I think I'd be better off being a goalie coach I just feel like and I've missed the day to day aspect of it as well once um, hanging my boots up but I think I think you know talking to a goalie coach coaches past and present excuse me um, I think the next best thing is you know having an influence and an impact on young goalkeepers coming through and I, I'd, I'd love to be involved at, at some level at like that.
1: Nice. Is there any kind of other ventures outside of the world of football that you'd want to kind of invest some time in that you're interested in at the moment? Or is it kind of just you're interested in the coaching?
0: No, I think um, my me and my brother-in-law have been at, talking about uh, a few things business-wise that I'd like to get involved in. That's, um that's going to involve like, like a care home programme. Um And that'll come to fruition probably when I've got a bit more time on my hands. Uh, I don't want to be distracted at the minute from the football aspect of it. Um, But I'd also like to do some kind of uh, goalkeeping school in Blackburn as well. Give back to area a little bit. Uh, That that definitely, uh, I've mentioned that to my wife a few times. That's definitely at the forefront of my mind as well.
1: Nice. Um, The next question's kind of a reflective one in in some cases that if you could give your younger self one piece of advice to where you are now what piece of advice would you give him
0: um grasp every moment and uh don't take anything for granted
1: nice I think that's a nice way of summing it up of course there's a lot of young goalkeepers in there and I know that not everyone can make their way so of course it's kind of making sure people are taking their opportunities. A lot of people just kind of become complacent nowadays and just think, oh, what will be, will be. But, of course, as you prove proved there and what you prove proved throughout your career, you've fought for every opportunity you've had. So that should be a good, like, kind of advert for yourself as well as people trying to become a goalkeeper or a footballer that you need to work hard to achieve. Kind
0: of I think get, or, get whatever you do in life I think if you put your mind to it I think you can do anything can't you Does that sound cheesy but <laughs> I think hard work and you put your mind to it there's all kinds of possibilities isn't
1: there yeah very true yeah, very true um, of course looking back again on your career is there any kind of thing that you'd want to do differently so maybe there was a there was kind of a move to a club that could have materialized and it didn't happen or kind of wanting to stay at a club or anything like that that you wish if you did it again you'd be like oh yeah i'll take that opportunity and move to there or a loan move or anything like that
0: no not really i've never tried to chase uh chase anything i i feel like everything should happen naturally um i've never tried to chase a move uh I stayed, like I said, I would have stayed longer at Derby if they wanted me to, but obviously they didn't at the time. Um, I could have moved uh, halfway through at Bristol, but I didn't. I wanted to stay. I gave my manager the word and it worked out perfectly. I did six years there, which is probably unheard of now in the modern game.
1: Yeah, that is true.
0: Plagued by injuries at Millwall, but that's not an excuse. And yeah, that's probably the only time where I, I actually wanted to come home after that initial period um the injury aspect of it was just you know during covid as well i had two operations one before covid one after covid during project restart um and no no, i've never really tried to chase anything um everything's just you know come to fruition and um I, i don't believe in chasing things i think like obviously don't get me wrong if you've got your mind put on something go for it but i feel like everything works and goes into place at some point
1: nice um, I've now got some kind of just random questions, some are like football related and then moving on to nearer the end there they're just more generalized. So yep. um who would you consider to be your goalkeeping inspiration? So when you were growing up? Brad Friedel. Brad Friedel, nice. So are we talk where would he have been kind of as you were growing up? Was it more it's Of course, he had Tottenham for a long time, but I I don't know his career well. Kind of where was no,
0: he? That's showing my age now, isn't it? Um, <laughs> no, he was our goalkeeper at Blackman, so I was lucky oh, enough okay. to three years with him, watching him every day. So not only was he outstanding um, as a as a goalkeeper, as an outstanding person, and uh, all the bits that you don't see, you know, on a Saturday, um, you, you saw what he, he put into it uh, during the week. I think that led me in good stead as well, but I mean, yeah, I just couldn't have asked for a, a better role model growing up, uh, I was so lucky to with him.
1: Wicked, and wasn't Brad Friedel the keeper that had like, the m- consecutive games in the Premier League, like, he had the most in yeah. the run, yeah, so I mean, it just yeah. showed that he had determination to play week in, week out, and no matter what is. I mean, there was the whole Saturday, Tuesday thing at the at that time as well that kind of was a, a factor when he played every minute, so it's a good inspiration to have
0: yeah, um I mean the way he conducted, looked after his body, the way he trained every day uh, he, un- unbelievable story really when he you know how he ended up getting in England uh i mean i don't think he came to back until he was thirty uh, and he ended up playing until he was forty two so that just goes to show you how much he looked after his body, but uh, I think we other uh, teams I'll argue but I think he played his best football for Blackburn
1: well I mean I, um, I I unfortunately can only remember him kind of Villa and Tottenham so the later end so that's yeah. something I should look back on and try and see how he played when he was at Blackburn
0: you were less <laughs> um,
1: who's, who's the like best player that you've played with and also played against so kind of just from from kind of the your point of view, like watching them on the pitch and being like, well, they're playing amazing. I'm glad I've got them on the team and vice versa. or oh, I wish they were on my team.
0: Um, I was lucky enough to play with a player called Two Guy at Blackburn in a few reserve games. Yeah, He was a mid-ball. Well, he smoked 20 fags a day. And the things he could do with the football and run round was incredible. Never seen anything like it. Probably won't ever again now either. Um and like I'm looking towards back towards my derby era now, I'm gonna say Sean Barker was unbelievable as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Um unbelievable leader, captain, human being, um things he used to do, put his head in front of and yeah, Sean It Sean, Sean's always stuck with me throughout, you know, still now, um as one of the most outstanding players that I've played with. Uh, against I've been lucky enough to have a few cup runs at Bristol and we ended up playing against Man City in the semi final second leg at their place and I'd probably say either Kevin De Bruyne or Aguero But i, I, I mean, had to
1: probably
0: say
1: you know. I mean they're good players, so <laughs> it's yeah. you've had the honour to play against them and so no they're they're good chance. Is uh a favourite stadium that you have played at? Wembley. Is that, is that your favourite? Is that kind of the one that you hold like most?
0: Yeah. I if... everyone one there and it was just awesome. Uh, all my family, uh, one of my kids, it was just, yeah, it was just awesome. And it was, well, was 76,000 people there. Yeah, it was just awesome.
1: Is there, is there a dream stadium that you haven't got to play at but you would like to play at? So it could Old Tra- be Old Trafford, yeah. It's of course Derby have had some like in later years, I've had some runs there, but of course it just didn't coincide with you being there. It's of course no, never, never
0: really
1: had a cup run there, at Derby at all. No, not in yeah. the time I was there. No, it, they kind of only did it kind of later year to so like twenty nine, twenty eighteen, nineteen. They kind of had a few and got like Chelsea yeah. and United, but. No, we don't. We don't usually. It's usually like first, second round, you're out, kind of thing.
0: No, it's it's weird, isn't it? Like it was weak out That cup run at Bristol was just mad. Uh, you beat. You, you, I don't know. You just built momentum. We had momentum that season as well, and it just followed through into the cup games, I guess.
1: And I mean, you got lucky to get as far as you did as well. So that's good, and you get yeah. you get the experience as well of playing like, further into a competition as well, which is hard to get in lower divisions if you're not in the Premier League.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I mean, obviously, the step up from Championship level to a Premier League is a is amazing. And I think we beat three or four Premier League teams that season as well to get... We beat Man United in the quarters as well at home. So, yeah, it's... um, it, Like I said, it was just that built-up momentum and it just followed through into the Cup games.
1: No, no, that's, that's wicked. And, I mean, hopefully you don't know what may happen but hopefully you might be able to play at Old Trafford and try and persuade Stoke to let you get on the pitch for a couple of minutes so you can...
0: That'd be awesome.
1: Um, Is there, of course, you've had a long career, you've been here, there and everywhere, is there a piece of football memorabilia or kind of a certain shirt that you've got that you kind of hold dear in like your collection? No, I
0: don't at all, no. I just don't really value material things, to be honest. That's
1: um,
0: the family home's the family home. There's no, there's, there's pictures on the wall. There's free shirts on the wall, and I had nothing to do with them on the wall. You can't see them, and when you come in the house, they're away in the study bit. So they're not unsure. I don't even know why they're up, to be honest. But <laughs> not, not proud of them. Don't get me wrong. But um, family life for me's family life, and the and the kids aren't interested. So um, yeah, no. They're not, no, i would not really value material things. No. I value more.
1: No, that's that's nice that you, of course, value kind of the family time and things like that instead of material I, things. Oh, so I'd
0: rather give some, some some a shirt away. You know what I mean? No, For I, chap- oh, I sound mean, que- que- cheesy, I know, but no, I'd rather give stuff away. More value to them than me.
1: No, fair enough. Um, is there? a person in football that you would class as kind of your friend and kind of your best friend in football, would you say is the best way of putting it?
0: It is a hard question, this. Really hard question. Um, There's a few. There's nothing coming to the forefront of my (laughs) mind Um, I speak to Jed Wallace quite a bit, who's at West Brom Um, Stevie Davis was one of my best mates and still is Um, who I was at Derby with Um, yeah I'd I'd, I'd single out them too.
1: nice Um, we're going to kind of move away from football a bit now um, with my questions so um, a go to karaoke song for yourself so of course you've probably done many initiations in your time
0: so easy this. Uh, Buffalo
1: Soldier. <laughs> do, you, oh, it. do you do you get everyone involved in it? Is it? It's quite a slow song, and people should know the words to it, or is it kind of a you're on your own a cappella? I think
0: I think people around me because I have sang it that many times on karaoke. I think they are they know the song now.
1: <laughs> no, fair but I love it. <laughs> no, that, that's a nice one, and it's different. It's not a generic karaoke song if you went into, like, a karaoke bar. You wouldn't hear that. That's not a kind of one that you hear a lot. So, no, it's, it's nice. That's
0: been, that's been sung on the hall uh, in, in one in Villamora, on the, on the marina in Villamora in Portugal um, a few times. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, my next one is, if you had a chef with you now to make a meal and he'll get you one thing to eat and one thing to drink... What are you choosing?
0: Uh, I'd have a glass of Vimto.
1: <laughs> the fizzy one or the just the squash?
0: Just, just the squash. Okay, uh, Going a bit portion, that would to be from a bottle of water. I don't like tap water. Fair. Uh, and oh, I like Chinese curry. Fair enough. <laughs> is, my uh, babe.
1: Is there, so my follow-up question is that uh, if you could choose only one person... To come and have the meal with you, who would you choose?
0: Wow, you put that on me one person you yeah. can get three or <laughs> one person
1: I changed it because I know you've got two daughters and a wife, so I was like, I knew that you could potentially go, oh I'll choose them three, so I oh, changed no, it to one
0: more chance uh. Jesus, these are supposed to be quick fire as well, aren't they? Um, <laughs> okay. Oh. I'd like to meet Joe Rogan.
1: Joe Rogan, no, I'd, I'd say he's very up there. I mean, doing I the podcast doing stuff. Up there, any for yeah? yeah, no, a hundred percent. I think that how we. Commands a conversation and how he just his transitions into the next thing. That's what I kind of I'd want to pick up off him and try and learn. So,
0: so on your podcast, are you? Is this going to get edited? Sorry. Um
1: It depends. It depends on what happens. So I try and make it as natural as possible because, of course, people people in life do get um are they do have moments to kind of pause and think, whereas. If you edit that, that, in my mind, dehumanises someone and it I, makes it look perfect.
0: I love that aspect of it. That's amazing. So my point is really, I like Joe Rogan because it's just literally, and I've been on your Instagram page and you've got every walk of life on there. Yeah. So, and Joe Rogan's similar. So, yeah, brilliant. I love it. Keep doing it.
1: No, thank you. Um, I've got one last question for you. Um, and you'll have to think back to your time at Darby for it. Uh, but yeah. When you were in Derby, what was kind of your gem of Derby? So like maybe a place that you used to go or something you used to do around Derby that you kind of think, yeah, if I could bring someone to Derby and show them that it's kind of a nice place to go or a nice thing to do.
0: Well, I lived in Allen Street and I loved the park and I had a dog. I've still got a dog now. Unfortunately, that dog's passed away that I had at Derby. And I would say Alley Street Park, which I absolutely love because I used to be able to walk there from my house. Yes. We used to have family down all the time, so restaurant-wise, we always used to go to the Anaki. Yeah. I don't know if that's still there, because I haven't been there for years. Yeah,
1: there's the one on the A38 still, and then there's there the go. one in the town centre as well. Yeah, that's oh, still there. I literally went yeah. on Saturday, so yeah, it's still, oh, still is, there. Is, is the food still banging, yeah? It, it's still good. They do a, they do a thing now where it, I think it was like £30 for a course... And then they they gave you unlimited rice, unlimited naan, and then they gave you like poppadoms at the beginning and like some ice cream thing with dry ice at the end.
0: So uh, no, yeah, worth yeah. it. If, yeah, if I ever get back there, I'll I'll have to go there. But yeah, that's what we used to go. The two places. I a bit random, aren't
1: they but... No, no, but, too- no, they're nice. I mean, Alistair Park is nice, and it's nice to wander around, and it's kind of more out the way. So it's not a busier park. And I mean, and she's yep. amazing. So I
0: rate it. So. Yeah, absolutely. I loved it.
1: Um, just to finish up, of course, where can kind of people find you online as well as like, of course, you play for Stoke. So kind of yeah. at the games and stuff like that.
0: Uh, I am on um, uh, Instagram, yeah. which I we acted. Uh, I not on Facebook or anything anymore. That's, I'm on one social media platform and it's Instagram and I think I'm called Frank Fielding Junior 1. No. Sorry, JNR1.
1: And I mean, I mean, when, when this goes out, when the post goes out, I'll take you in it anyway so people yep. should be able to find it that way anyway. Well, 100%. Thank you for coming on and kind of
0: no, going through absolutely. the
1: questions in your careers. It's been a pleasure to have you on.
0: No, absolutely my pleasure, mate. And, and good luck and And
1: keep doing it.
0: No, thanks very much. Take care. No worries. Thanks, bud. Want to know what's happening within Derby's black community? Or perhaps you have a story of your own to share? Then look no further than Majatu, your one-stop source for local African and Caribbean news. With our digital news platform and quarterly print magazine, keep up to date on all of the latest in arts, entertainment, food, sports and more. Find us online at mojatu.com.
1: I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Peeking to Success podcast. If you enjoyed, please make sure you follow us on Spotify as well as Instagram, where you can see all the updates of who is coming up, as well as who has already been on the podcast, as well as Twitter, where there is information and interaction from me on there as well. Thank you.
2: The Bless is open every day from 12 p.m serving a wide range of beers, ciders, real ales and spirits. Their kitchen also provides handmade pizzas, loaded nachos, chicken strips and ice cream from 5:50 to 10:30 Monday to Thursday and 12 p.m to 10:30 p.m, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. The pub quiz is very popular with anyone that enjoys a good beer and a bit of a laugh with their mates. Taking place every Wednesday at 9pm, there's loads of prizes to be won, including £50 drinks vouchers for the winners and a bottle of wine for the best team name. Everyone's a winner. They also have a spacious function room available to hire that can hold up to 100 people. Wow, that's a lot. Perfect for birthday parties work events, weddings and wakes. The Bless really comes to life at the weekends with their branded nights of stone love and Fully Loaded where the DJs play alternative, indie and rock music spanning the generations until the early hours of 2am. There really is something for everyone in what is arguably Derby's best pub.